I know that you are putting this on your YouTube. Doesn't matter where it goes, we're in a free country. Sorry. Well, they came. Listen, Kerry, if I was over in China and I started laying the law down to Chinese people at the piano, telling them what they cannot, cannot do, do you think that's appropriate? They came over here, the guy started shouting at me, and he said, You're not allowed to film, you're not. Listen, you can't say that. What? They're from China. They're from China. They, 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 a British police officer and a group of Chinese communist tourists who decided to walk up to him while he was filming his performance and tell him that they are not allowed to be seen on video. And then the cops ran interference for the Chinese communist tourists. Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum coming to you from dystopian Burlington, Vermont. It's January 27th, 2024. And this is the show where we talk about politics, culture and relationships through a psychological lens. This man's name is Brendan Kavanaugh. Got a big YouTube channel. What he does is he goes around England, plays piano in public to entertain passersby, films it and puts it on YouTube. He did this recently at a mall in England. And some Chinese people who were watching then decided to confront him. Um, let's take a listen to that. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, we got the Chinese here. Do, do you admit it because we're your favorite Chinese TV as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you think us all of us in your cameras? Um, you I'll be, I'll be, uh, I don't know. I'm not allowed. Well. No, we're, we're not allowed. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're not allowed. You're not allowed. Because, because we're for Chinese TV. So oh, okay. This is non-disco. So. It's not disco. There's no reason. Not. We set our choice. That's our right. Oh, so it's, it's not a legal thing. It is a legal thing. Because oh, yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, and anyone can film because yeah. in the UK it's a free country. That, that's and anyone, true. But, but we have images, right? We have not in public. In China, we're not no, in no, China. No, no, I have my choice. I don't no, want but we are in Britain, Great Britain. We're not in I, China. I say I'm also British. I'm also British. Okay. I'm also British. You're... I'm also British. But I don't want well, to use a, my email. You've got a Chinese flag. It there. doesn't matter. Show me the Chinese flag. Why you're touching her? Stop touching her! Don't touch her, please. Touch do not touch her. Please, you are not the same age. Please do not touch her. Don't touch her. Please don't touch her. Please don't. So we've got these young women saying, you're not allowed to film. They're in England. What they're really saying is they, being Chinese media presenters, aren't allowed to appear anywhere else. But that has nothing to do with the laws in Britain and nothing to do with anything binding on Brendan Kavanaugh. And listen to that guy go nuts and do a reversal. Don't touch her. You're attacking me. You're attacking my people. He's playing that game. They're the ones who are doing the attacking. He wasn't touching her. He was touching her flag. 
<laughs> to hear him telling him all about how we're in England right now. This is the UK where we're not in China. How nervy, how nervy immigrants have gotten in the West. You, you see a lot of, well, you're going to see this when we play you the interaction between Mr. Kavanaugh and the police officer here. But the nerve of immigrants in the West is astonishing and it's growing. I mean, they walk right in and say, you know, oh, oh, uh, this is my house now. You have to obey my, what? But really, why shouldn't they be this nervy? Why shouldn't they be when they are encouraged by Western police like this woman? I taught you carry out the piano, man. Yeah, you, 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 I taught you not, here. This is not to go on your channel, man. Well, this is me talking to well, you. Well, listen, Kerry, Kerry, listen, Kerry, listen, we're in a public space. Listen, I'm just have a conversation sure. with this dude in my case. It's please. Kerry, you're recording me. Listen, we're, we're listen this, is, this is going on your YouTube channel. It's, but I need to speak to you without this being on your YouTube channel. Well, what about what? Is it public, we're in a public space? Listen, can I just have a conversation sure. please? Without your friend video. No, because foot because the camera never lies. Listen, I've got my camera on. Okay, so I've got my camera. Let's have a conversation then. This is going on your YouTube channel and I don't want it to go on your YouTube channel. Well don't channel. talk to me then, Kerry. Listen, listen. She's at Kerry, we're in Britain. Right. We're in a public space. We've got a free country. First of the matter is, is it I'm communist comment No. I said you're waving a communist flag. And the hands were meant to be going towards her? Were you trying to touch her in that I was not trying to touch it. That's why I have a camera. Okay. That's why I have a camera. They've requested that the video where they've approached gets deleted and not used on your channel. No, they don't. Because there's money being made and they work for a company that their faces can't be shown. Well, they should be in the. You're not their private security agent. I'm not their private security agent. We're in a free country. We're in a free space, we're not causing trouble. The problem is not from us, Kerry. The problem is they are coming over, telling us what to do, and playing the piano. Now, fair is fair, but you are not their private security guards. I never said like, I was, and I'm so, having a conversation with you. And we're in a free space, in a free country, I'm not causing any trouble. There's an allegation being made, and that's why I'm What's the allegation? Now, you told me to stop filming, and now you say there's an allegation. The camera an never lies. The allegation? That's why I filmed ca You told me to turn off my camera, and now you're saying I've got the an allegation. Camera, What's the, the allegation? Why, the reason why I'm asking you not to film it is because I know that you are putting this on your YouTube. Doesn't matter where it goes, we're in a free country. Sorry, we're in a democracy. We're not in China. And that's not racist, that's the truth. That's what our exactly, forefathers thought. Exactly, but you can't say things like that either. You can't just say things say like what? that. That we're in a free country. No, that we're not in China. We've well, got we're Chinese not. people. Well, they came. Listen, Kerry, if I was over in China and I started laying the law down to Chinese people at the piano, telling them what they cannot, cannot do. Do you think that's appropriate? They came over here, the guy started shouting at me, and he said, you're not allowed to film, you're not allowed. And I said, sorry, we're in Britain, I'm allowed to play. And I said, you're waving a communist flag. And then he said, you're racist. So if I've done anything wrong, tell me. We're in a free, we're, this is a free speech issue, I'm sorry. This is a free speech issue. We are, I'm not causing any trouble. They are the ones making the fuss. And they shouldn't get the police as their private security. I think it's I a disgrace. Nobody said that, have they? Who said that? And on top of that, Kerry, you told me to stop filming and then you said there's an allegation. Now, if I didn't have my camera, how would I prove my innocence? You know what? I know they are causing the fuss. I am not causing the fuss. I'm just standing up for myself, right? The fuss being caused and I've come up to deal with it. Oh, no, listen, Kerry. Listen, you can't say that. What, they're from China? 
They 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 Without the F. I saw it for the F. Exactly, but you know they've exactly got, what Listen, they are waving a communist flag, and I said, You're waving a communist flag. Is that racist to say they've got a communist flag? It's very I've got nothing here. Listen, I'm just playing at the piano. They stood by the piano. I was filming, and then they started laying down the door. That's why the police get angry because it's not your job. You should listen. Listen, you should tell them. I'm not telling them anything that you're telling me to tell them. Okay. Okay. Get on, play your piano. I'll have a discussion with them. Right. Tell them we're in a free country. There we go. We're in a free country. Is anyone watching this? Do you see? We've got the communists here telling me not to do. I'm just going to play some boogie woogie. Is Matty England there? Matty, we need you down at the station. I need to speak to you without this being on your YouTube channel. Why? Copper. Why? He was a lot nicer to her than he could have been. Look at her, she's putting her hand up. Get the camera out of my... I the reason I'm asking you not to film is because I know you're going to put it on your YouTube channel. Yeah. Why, madam? What is it that you have to say to Mr. Kavanaugh that cannot be heard on YouTube? I see example after example after example of this behavior of British police toward white native British people. They will intercede on behalf of foreigners. They will intercede on behalf of anyone who occupies the politically brown category, which is allegedly oppressed. They will intercede on behalf of pro-Palestinian demonstrator. No, not pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas terrorist demonstrators and threaten to arrest white British people. And no, let's let's just go right to it. White British men. Mm -hmm. All over the place. What is going on here? She has no right to do that. She wants to do her abuse of Mr. Kavanaugh's legal rights outside of public view. This is a British police officer who has a legal and moral duty to know and to execute British law. That includes free speech. It also includes the right to videotape in public. It does not include an obligation to the Chinese communists to kowtow to the Chinese communists, which is what she is doing, who think they have the right to tell native British people what to do and what not to do in their own country. You can't say things like that. You can't say things like that. Excuse me? What do you mean can't? I, w I, I would, <laughs> you know, I wish I was there. What do you mean can't? Are you saying I'm not legally allowed to say things like that? Because that's purely untrue and you know that. Are you saying you wouldn't like me to say things like that? If that's the case, then who gives a shit? What is this? What is this? <sighs> you can't say things like that. We have Chinese people coming in here. <laughs> She's like a house proud suburban housewife who's who's trying to uh, scold her husband um, for not using the coasters because company is coming over. This isn't police work. Good Lord. You know, the theme of the show this week is 
Look what you're making me do to myself. Look what you're making me do. Stop hurting me. And it reminds me, I'm going to retell a story some of you have heard before very quickly. When I was a kid, I had a babysitter named Teresa. And she got very upset. She took in neighborhood kids, five or six of us at a time after school. She got very upset when we were loud, uh, loud and rowdy. And she would bring us into the living room, sit down on the couch, have us sit down on the floor in front of her, and she'd do this. She'd beat herself until she was black and blue on the thighs. And she would yell, look what you're making me do. Stop making me hit myself. This was a 60-year-old woman. That's the theme of this show. Abusing other people by claiming that their existence or their exercise of their normal, everyday, ordinary rights is an act of abuse against them. Stop making me hit myself. It's cluster B. Teresa, almost certain she had borderline personality disorder. Yeah, I was diagnosing even at eight. <laughs> the thesis of this show, as most of you know, is that what, what we used to think of merely as domestic abuse has gone public and feral. The frame of mind that animates domestic abuse, usually cluster B personality disorders, narcissism, borderline personality disorder, histrionics, sometimes sociopathy, is the same frame of mind that is animating our media, our government, and our expert class. We, all of us collectively, as citizens, are in a domestically abusive relationship with our government, with world governments like the UN. And in such homes, and, and, and again, as in the home, so in society. In these homes, children are pitted against each other. They're, they're placed into roles where they are triangulated against each other to serve the needs of the abusive parent. They punish and blame each other for setting mom or dad off. They can't get angry at mom or dad because mom or dad will hit them or kill them, but they can get angry at their siblings and punish them. So the blame is transferred and shifted. We are all doing this with each other right now. That British police officer, that woman, she's Brendan's peer. She's not in the media. She's not royalty. She's not... She's not a member of parliament. She should be, she should identify, if you'll pardon the phrase, she should identify with him. Her interests are synonymous with his, except now they're not, are they? Somewhere the marching orders are coming down. But she is acting out the role of the child who scapegoats the other so that mommy and daddy won't hit us. I'd like to know who mommy and daddy are in this situation that Carrie, I believe her name is, is afraid of. The cluster B philosophy, the narcissistic philosophy, the abuse frame of mind hijacks our normal instincts and turns us into enemies of each other. Family members fight family members at the behest of a tyrannical parent. Countrymen fight countrymen to service outside aggressors, exploiters, deadbeats, parasites, what happened to British pianist Brendan Kavanaugh this week in, in, in this English mall is just a perfect illustration. Now let's come back here to the United States. The big news this week, of course, is the showdown between Texas and the federal government about the U.S.-Mexico border.
Joe Biden's administration has ordered uh, the state of Texas to take down the razor wire that they have erected to stop the scourge of illegal aliens who are flooding over the border through Texas and into the rest of the country. And it is historic. We have millions and millions. I think I think the last count, the last estimate was about three million illegal aliens. No, I'm not. Gonna, they're not migrants. They're not migrants. They're not immigrants. Technically, they are. I'm not going to call them that because I'm not going to further the use of those connotations. I'm seeing even people like Texas Governor Greg Abbott buckle under and start calling them illegal migrants because that's soft sounding. It's 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 value neutral. This is not value neutral. They are not migrants. They are illegal aliens. There are three million of them in this country now under Joe Biden. We have never seen anything like this. The border is completely open. So the feds want Greg Abbott to take down the razor wire, and they went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court voted five to four to say that the feds do, in fact, have sovereignty here and jurisdiction here, and they may indeed cut down the wire. Well, Texas isn't going to take it. They've upped the ante with the declaration. I'm going to read the entire thing to you because the principles illustrated here in the constitutional citations are something we all need to be reminded of. Quote, the federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states, including immigration laws on the books right now. President Biden has refused to enforce those laws and has even violated them. The result is that he has smashed records for illegal immigration. Despite having been put on notice in a series of letters, one of which I delivered to him by hand, President Biden has ignored Texas's demand that he perform his constitutional duties. President Biden has violated his oath to faithfully execute immigration laws enacted by Congress. Instead of prosecuting immigrants for the federal crime of illegal entry, President Biden has sent his lawyers into federal courts to sue Texas for taking action to secure the border. President Biden has instructed his agencies to ignore federal statutes that mandate the detention of illegal immigrants. The effect is to illegally allow their en masse parole into the United States. By wasting taxpayer dollars to tear down Texas's border security infrastructure, President Biden has enticed illegal immigrants away from the 28 legal entry points along this state's southern border, bridges where nobody drowns, and into the dangerous waters of the Rio Grande. Under President Biden's lawless border policies, more than six million illegal immigrants have crossed our southern border in just three years. That is more than the population of 33 different states in this country. This illegal refusal to protect the states has inflicted unprecedented harm on the people all across the United States. James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and the other visionaries who wrote the U.S. Constitution foresaw that states should not be left to the mercy of a lawless president who does nothing to stop external threats like cartels smuggling millions of illegal immigrants across the border. That is why the framers included both Article 4, subsection 4, which promises that the federal government, quote, shall protect each state against invasion, and Article 1, subsection 10, clause 3, which acknowledges that, quote, the state's sovereign interest in protecting their borders. The failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by Article 4, subsection 4, has triggered Article 1, subsection 10, clause 3, 
which reserves to this state the right of self-defense. For these reasons, I have already declared an invasion under Article 1, Subsection 10, Clause 3, to invoke Texas's constitutional authority to defend and protect itself. That authority is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. The Texas National Guard, the Texas Department of Public Safety, and other Texas personnel are acting on that authority as well as state law to secure the Texas border. And commentators about this are polarized, especially the extremely online commentary. Yes, I know I'm one of those two. Some people seem to be almost giddy about the prospect of a standoff of civil war. The opposite side thinks they're crazy and is saying so. I'm afraid that I think that some of the naysayer commentators, the ones who say you're walking into a trap, um, you're being baited, don't take the bait. I understand where they're coming from. I understand where both sides of this are coming from. I'm conflicted. But I think the naysayers are playing into a classic, I would say domestic abuse tactic, but it's, it's not domestic anymore, is it? It's public and feral. That classic tactic is, well, they're acting the part of the sibling in the abuse of home who says, don't fight back, don't assert your rights. Even if you are right, that will only make daddy hit us harder. If he blows up, it will be all your fault. So what are we to do? What are ordinary people to think? Do we just continue to take it? Do we just let Joe Biden abrogate even more of our rights to protect our own country and our own states, our own neighborhoods? This is our country, American citizens. This is our country. We have a right to it. We don't have to apologize for asserting a right to our country. We are native Americans. We are the citizens. We are the taxpayers. It does not belong to illegal aliens. It does not belong to economic refugees. It belongs to us. These people are acting, they're housebreakers. They're squatters. That is what this is. They're trying to assert squatters' rights. No. I don't relish the idea of a civil war or a revolution. I know that revolutions kill people. Heads come off. Blood flows. Economies break. Families break. But I also know that this powder keg does not have an infinite fuse. There is a, there is a certain length. It, that fuse will, will eventually burn down and touch the powder. There will come a point where this keg blows. So I say to the naysayers, do you understand that? Are you taking that into account? I'm asking that honestly. Have you genuinely taken that on board? Is it informing your thinking? Because the question I'm sitting with right now, I don't know what I would do. But I am asking, if not now, if the powder keg doesn't blow now, when will it blow? And if you're a naysayer, is your answer never? Because that's not true. There's, that's not true. It is going to happen. Is it better that it happened now or later? I don't know. But I don't think they know either. And I wish people would be a little less certain about that. <laughs> All right. Time to come up for a break. Uh, but if you want to talk 
privately with me about a problem of your borders being invaded, your boundaries being disrespected, your domestically abusive family, your problem boss, your co-workers who are engaged in a narcissistic dynamic with you. You can book time with me at joshuaslocum.net. I offer coaching and consulting in one-hour sessions. We can talk about family issues, professional issues, friendship issues. Take a look. And disaffected supporters, those who pay and support this show, get a $30 discount. joshuaslocum.net. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Can't get enough of our love, baby? That's because you're not subscribed. Move that thumb over to the great big old subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. We put out audio-only exclusive content that you won't get on any other video platform, so make sure you subscribe today. Looking for a non-woke place to put your money where your mouth is? Put it where my mouth is. Disaffected supporters get access to our private Discord chat server, backstage episode recording sessions, surprise guests, and more. And all it takes is $10 a month. You've got two options. Either Substack, visit us at disaffectedpod.substack.com, or go over to subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Remember, choose the $10 level or higher for Discord access. Welcome back. We've got a couple more examples of look what you're making me do or look what I'm going to do to you if you don't do what I want you to do. This is representative, U.S. House of Representatives, Representative Max Frost, young Max Frost. <laughs> now I'm not going to prime you. Let's just play it out. To my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, let's be honest with immigrants who deserve better than what you're offering them. Don't welcome immigrants if you plan to reject them. If you keep pushing your bigoted H.R. 2 bill, then also pass this bill. I've taken the liberty of drafting it for you. It removes the Statue of Liberty, our largest symbol that tells people to come here. This is who you are, removing the fabric of America. So I want to know which Republican who supports and voted for H.R. 2 will introduce this bill. Shut up, Max. This is who you are. No, this is who you are. You abusive bastard. You're going to welcome immigrants. Who's? No, no, no. You don't understand, Mr. Frost. The people who want to control immigration do not wish to welcome illegal aliens. I'm not against immigration. And most conservatives are also not against controlled and rational immigration. This is not controlled or rational. This is free for all. Terrorists are coming in here. They're on the watch list. These are <laughs> economic refugees. Stop it. Stop it. We are not the world's pantry. We are not the world's soup kitchen. We can't eat. Yes, we can. We refuse to take care of our own citizens and veterans. 
We don't have time to be welcoming these people. Oh, and so I've taken the liberty of drafting this bill for you so that you can be the assholes who take down the Statue of Liberty. Give me a break. That's the cluster B game. Give me everything I want. Destroy all of your boundaries or I'm going to take away everything nice that you've ever had and I'm going to call you the immoral monster. You're removing the fabric of our country. No, Mr. Frost, you are doing that. You. Let's go to Wisconsin. And this is, as you listen to this, don't just listen to the words that this young woman says. She's testifying in front of the uh, legislature in, in Wisconsin um, uh, debating an abortion bill. She is apparently a doctor or nurse in training. Don't just listen to her word. Definitely listen to her words. But I want you to listen to her voice, too. Listen to what she does with her voice. I think abortion should be unrestrictive. And I think when somebody finds out in pregnancy when or how far along that they are, when someone finds out, they should be able to get an abortion if they want to. And for some people, that is full term. If I can't get abortion training here, if I can't perform abortions in my career, I will not stay in Wisconsin. And a lot of my colleagues who are on the same track agree. All right. Thank you. That'll do nothing to help our shortages. Thank you. Nothing to help our shortages. I think abortion should not should be unrestrictive. It's unrestricted. You. You moron. You illiterate moron. The vocal fry. The hunching over. I am a small little girl. If I can't get abortion training in Wisconsin. Good, get out. Get out. You know, one thing I didn't have on my bingo card. <laughs> Actually, I've been talking this week about my middle age card. Um, I did not have will become Archie Bunker on my middle age card, but apparently um, it's been written in for me. I also did not predict that I would see the bloodthirstiness of young liberal women that we are seeing bloodthirsty. It is shocking to me. These women are not content simply not to be mothers themselves. They're anti-mother, anti-mothering. They hate the idea of maternal love. They hate the idea of maternal sacrifice. They hate the idea of nurturing, and they hate the idea of children. Oh, they would object. But remember, I used to be one of these people. I know how they think. I know how I thought. It was pretty dark. If I can't perform abortions in my career, I won't stay in Wisconsin. Look what you're making me do. Look what you're making me do. You're going to make me abandon you. If you don't let me murder the babies at full term, I'm going to pick up and leave. <sighs> All right. Did you know? <laughs> laugh, cry, laugh, cry, laugh, cry. Take a look at this tweet. It says, it, it, it shows an image of a, a young man. It looks like me at 14, 15 years old in a Burger King uniform. 
at the cash register at Burger King. This tweet is from an account called Tired Peasant. And she says, child labor is back in action in America. Here's the video that this still came from. What are your specials? Uh, we have a two for seven on our original chicken sandwiches and a two for five on our Waffle Juniors and our BK wrap. And also you can get six cookies for three fifth. Um, may I just have one cheeseburger to go, please? One cheeseburger, is that all for you today? That would be all. All right. That would be $2.11. Two dollars and eleven cents. One ninety nine plus tax, ma'am. I'm sorry. Cheeseburgers at McDonald's were used to be sixty nine cents when I worked there for my first job. Oh. Hello. Hello. What? If you want any napkins, are right there. That really does make me smile. It's like going back in time thirty years. This is what it used to be like. This this is what. This was old normal. Really. If you're young and you haven't seen it, I promise you it was real. Yes, with kids this age. Listen to how polite that young man is. Listen to how he knows the menu. He knows the specials. Listen, listen to how he knows how to do mental arithmetic in his head. She says $2.11 for a cheeseburger. He says $1.99 plus tax. Sorry, ma'am. Ma'am. And he offered... And he, he, he offers other menu items to her that she might be interested in. Just absolutely normal. And look how he makes change with cash. My friends, this is normal. This is how it's supposed to be. That kid is more competent and more polite than anyone I've encountered in service in years he ought to own Burger King. I hope he gets rich. But what is this about child labor? Child labor is back in action. Let's go back to Tired Peasant, our, our Twitter commentator. Here's a, a screenshot of her profile. Um, naturally, it is a picture of a group of young white women with their fists, their their power fists raised, right? Like the black power fist. And in the background is a building with the stenciled outline of that murderous communist son of a bitch, Che Guevara, who they all love. Manson girls. And she she describes herself, come join me on this late stages of capitalism journey. A communist mama, a apocalyptic poet just surviving. I'm sorry to correct you, but it's poetess. More from the original poster. I, I took a look at her Twitter feed because I wanted to see what the context for this claim of child labor was. It, it's what I expect. Here's her pinned tweet. I paid $1,568 for my rent. I'm left with $6.93 in my bank account. Why do you want us to work until our life expectancy, until... Until our life expectancy, if we don't get anything for it, I don't have money for groceries, car insurance. I make almost $17 an hour. I hate this country so much. You know, lots of us have been there. And judging, just judging by her profile picture, which, you know, is not a lot to go on. She's not even that old. Maybe she's 30. Um, life is hard. Money is hard. Younger people expect to get higher on the economic ladder earlier today than anyone has ever expected in the past. And it's not, it's just not realistic. 
I have some sympathy, some empathy. It is true. The economy and housing prices are completely out of whack. The lifestyle, the affordable lifestyle of the baby boom generation and to a lesser degree, my generation, Gen X, is not attainable for a lot of young people the way it was for them and for me. I understand that. It is true. But you're going to become a communist over this? In a communist country, you wouldn't have $6.93 left in your bank account because you wouldn't have a bank account. Do you, do you understand that? You really think you'd be better off economically under communism. You, you see how this, these modern values have distorted young people's perception. She believes that what she's seeing here is child labor. She's, she's projecting her own reasonable economic fears. God knows I've been there. I'm not going to make fun of anybody for that. But she's projecting that. She's decided that the socialist collective communist promise, which of course is a lie, because all communism really wants for you is your death. They want your money and they want your death and they will have it. They always do. They always do. And, and she thinks to herself, look, they're making that poor boy work. Look, he's just going to be a wage slave for the rest of his life. But that's not child labor. This is child labor. This is what child labor looked like at the turn of the 20th century with a couple of kids dressed like chimney sweeps, barefoot, standing on top of a loom. Or this. This is what child labor looks like with children in cobalt mines for our smart devices. That is child labor. That is where child labor laws came from in the early 20th century. That is the exploitation and abuse and physical danger that we were trying to protect children from. But that is not the same thing as a kid standing at a cash register in an environmentally temperature controlled restaurant. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, if that kid working at Burger King seems abnormal to you, you're probably a millennial or younger who has lived in a historically aberrant era. I started work at 11 legally as a paper boy. I got my first retail job at 14 after school, perfectly legal. Do you, you understand that, right, everybody? You understand that I can't say if it's in every state, but in most states, Kids can start working at 14 years old legally. It's been this way, I believe, since about 1938, okay? And, you know, anyone who thinks that, what, that, that, that this, this kid is being exploited or, or should be doing something else, they're the ones who have a weird and distorted frame of reference. The children w that we see today are not mostly like this young man. Their, their, their competence level is far below. They have been stunted. They have been sheltered. They have been cosseted. They have been protected from their own potential and from their own growth. They've been hobbled. They have been abused by being protected. It is abuse, not child, healthy child rearing. It is abuse to make your children today the equivalent of the functionally retarded 40 years ago. At 12 and 13, I was up at 3.30 in the morning every Sunday to ride my bike down to the Cortland Standard newspaper to pick up the inserts for the Sunday paper. Sometimes I had to make two trips in my bike basket, ET style. Sometimes my mother would drive me down there. 
We would haul 50 pounds of these flyers into the front hall of the house and stuff each Sunday paper with them, the coupons, the circulars, the flyers. Then I would load up – this This definitely had to go in two or three separate batches. I would load up these rolls, rubber-banded rolls, in my bike basket, and I'd be out on the street before 6 a.m. delivering the Sunday paper. And did I grumble a little bit about having to wake up that early? Yeah, I sure did. But just a little bit because the truth is I wanted that money and I wanted that job. And I liked being responsible for something important. And it was important. People wanted their newspapers. The Sunday paper was important in those days, you guys. It really was. Uh, Almost every household waited for it. And my route included mostly grandmas and grandpas who loved their newspapers more than most people. And once a week, I went around to collect payment, and almost all of my customers tipped me. And it wasn't uncommon to get pizzelles or a piece of bar cake from the Italian grandmas, because that's the part of town that I lived in. Um, being, being a kid in the 80s was good. My cohort is the last generation to live and work in a way that was familiar to my parents and to my grandparents' generation. It was wholesome, it was normal, and it was American. Now, um, we're coming up on another break here, but when we come back, friend of the show, Christopher Aaron Felker, is going to join us um, because he has a different point of view about a story that I talked about last week about the woman in Ohio who had a miscarriage into a toilet. Um, and Christopher is going to flesh this out and give us a little more detail on it. Um, but before we go to the break, I'd like to ask for your help. Will you help make Disaffected? Will you help produce this show? We don't have sponsors or advertisers, but we do have you the audience. And there's a couple of ways to do this. You can be a monthly subscriber and we'd love you for it. You can also just help us in a one-off. If you want to subscribe monthly, best foot in the door is disaffectedpod.substack.com. Sign up there. You can also just go to subscribestar.com slash disaffected and sign up as a monthly supporter. Uh, And what you'll get is access to our Discord private Discord chat server with hundreds of other disaffectants. But do you want to just do a one-off? We would love your help. A buck, two bucks, the equivalent of a cup of coffee. I feel like Sally Struthers selling this to you. Easy to do. Send us a PayPal. Use the email address us at disaffected.fm. We'll see you after the break. Can't get enough of our love, baby? That's because you're not subscribed. Move that thumb over to the great big old subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. We put out audio-only exclusive content that you won't get on any other video platform, so make sure you subscribe today. Looking for a non-woke place to put your money where your mouth is? Put it where my mouth is. Disaffected supporters get access to our private Discord chat server, backstage episode recording sessions, surprise guests, and more. And all it takes is $10 a month. You've got two options. Either Substack, visit us at disaffectedpod.substack.com, or go over to subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Remember, choose the $10 level or higher for Discord access. Welcome back. 
Last week, we talked about a story of a woman in Ohio who had a miscarriage into her toilet and ended up being brought before a grand jury um, with a prosecutor attempting to indict her for abuse of a corpse. And I said that uh, it appeared to be a case of people who wanted to control women and punish them for perceived abortions. There's apparently more to the story than I knew. Uh, and friend of the show, Christopher Aaron Felker, is here, and he's going to tell us what I missed. Welcome, Christopher. Hi, Josh. How are you doing today? Good, Thanks. Fill us in. Yeah. Okay, the story so I think us. that, yeah, I appreciate the that you covered this story last week. I just wanted to circle back because I feel like there's a little bit more nuance and a little bit more detail uh, to the background of this story that that warrants consideration. Uh, one of the first things that you and I spoke about was like understanding the fact that yes, this this woman was pregnant. Uh, she had received a report from her doctor right at the. She was 21 weeks and five days uh, pregnant when she received a report. She started having um, pains in her abdomen and she received a report from her OBGYN that her baby was most likely not going to be viably born. Um, but at this point, she was almost five, five months pregnant, um, a pregnancy that she is concealing from her mother that she lives with. At the time, I, I still find it complicated or difficult to believe that that any woman, particularly a mother, could could not distinguish when her child is pregnant, especially five months along. Um, but the facts of this story are, are interesting and and uh, raise some questions. It comes down to this this young woman. Her name is Brittany Watts. Uh, she first presented at the hospital um, at again. Um, 21 weeks and five days. Now, the cutoff for legal abortions is actually 22 weeks in, in Ohio. And as such, when she first showed up, um, she left the hospital. She went to the hospital twice before she actually miscarried. And both times she left against medical advice because they were taking too long. Uh, the first time she had gone via ambulance, the second time she had gone on her own accord on her own um on her own. Uh, both times she had left against medical advice, even receiving warnings from the doctors about how dangerous that could be to her health. She went home and I understand she um, she did miscarry in the toilet in her own home. And um, she attempted to scoop some things out of the toilet, which, according to the news report, state that she believed that the baby was in there, but she didn't really look um, what actually, when the police came back to the scene to investigate, because when she went after she had miscarried, she tried to clean up because she wanted to hide it from her mother. She cleaned up the bathroom. She took a shower and then she went to a hair appointment. Um, I personally believe that this was a real mistake on, on her part. Like you are, Without a doubt, a woman miscarrying is a medical emergency, uh, especially if it's taking place at your home. Uh, she should have called an ambulance. They should have come to her. Then first responders would have been on the scene. They would have been able to witness firsthand uh, what had happened, not trying to, after the fact, investigate what happened right. here. Uh, I would, I would let, me, let me just say fetus. Yeah. Let me just say for a second, um, I, what I'd like you to do is um, uh, spin out your your argument because I we may have a disagreement here, but I want people to hear your side of this. I said last week that I, you know, and and I have some bias here. 
I do not like abuse of corpse laws and the way they are deployed in the instances that I see them. I have I have a bias against them because of my experience. But you have a different point of view on this. And um, and I think it deserves to be heard. So get, make your case for that, please. Uh well, you know, yes, sure. I, I agree. I understand where your perspective is coming from, from your career in uh, working with people who are the Fine. dearly departed and their loved ones. Um, at this point, when the, when Miss Watts had miscarried, she had ended up at the hospital. The, the nurse and the doctors were interviewing her. She told them that she had left the fetus, her baby. She had scooped it out and put it in a bucket and left it um, next to the trash outside. That actually was not the case. It, the baby was wedged deep inside the toilet. Um, when it come, when somebody, ha when law enforcement, when first responders come to retrieve and do something with the body of this um, premature baby, her, her fetus, um, you have people in the uh, in law enforcement who have discovered a corpse and therefore an investigation needs to take place to determine whether this baby uh, was, you know, stillborn or whether it was uh, born, took a breath and then passed away through one reason or another. An investigation needs to take place because the government has arrived and there is a corpse here, a human, human remains. And there are laws in place that regard um, what needs to be taking place with human remains, specifically in Ohio. <clears throat> in Ohio, I believe it's in the third trimester, human remains like from abortion have to be uh, either buried or cremated. So there are state laws in play here also. We would want uh, to have a system to investigate and then exonerate the individual, find them not guilty of anything, so that way there's no question of what happened here. And in, the, in this case, that's the important part that takes place. We also noticed that once um, once Ms. Watts received the charges, that the DA uh, prudently, I believe, went to a grand jury to have a grand jury with, rule whether to indict or not. And it is very common where, you know, in 20 percent of these cases where incidents are incidents go before a grand jury for either an up or down vote. Now, 20 percent of the time they come back with no, no indictment. And that's what happened here with Mrs. Watts. So um, she was exonerated, but an investigation should still take place, especially when you look at the grim details of this story and how <clears throat> maybe she just made a bunch of poor choices in a panic mode. But we still as a society should be investigating these things. You saw yeah. in the in the, one of the news reports I sent you that the the 20 uh, 22 week baby at that point was so far stuffed up into the toilet and prosecutors were alleging that she had tried to flush and plunge it in there because they had to okay. remove and break the toilet to remove a 22 week body. Also, I think it's important. Uh, we can talk about these with words ad nauseum. It's kind of in the abstract, but it's very, very important for people who want to understand the story to see exactly what a 22 week fetus looks like. And it really is um, a, a formed human being where you're talking Understood. about 11 inches in yep. length, uh, uh, yep. roughly a full pound. This was clearly yep. a human body that was in the toilet. And yep. when law enforcement and first responders show up, there needs to be an investigation into that up or down. Understood. Christopher, thank you very much for giving us more information on that. I always appreciate you coming on the show. Um, Thanks, guys. We'll have you again. Thank you. All right.
Let's move on to something a little bit lighter. Plastic bag ban in blue states backfire. I think I, I think I had a problem with subject verb agreement there. Forgive me. Headline: Blue states bag ban meant to protect environment backfires at a staggering rate, according to a study. I'm going to read to you from this article, <clears throat> Fox News. Plastic consumption in New Jersey spiked by nearly three times following the state's implementation of a strict ban on single-use plastic shopping bags, a study found. Following New Jersey's ban of single-use bags, the shift from plastic film to alternative bags resulted in a nearly three times increase in plastic consumption for bags. Fredonia Custom Research, a business research division, reported in a study published last month. New Jersey implemented a ban on single-use plastic bags in 2022, the strictest ban on bags in the nation at the time, billing it as an effort to cut back on the plastic one-use bags piling up in landfills. The ban took effect in May 2022, forbidding larger retail, grocery, food, and service stores from providing single-use plastic bags to customers. Instead, shoppers may purchase reusable bags made of woven and non-woven polypropylene plastic or can bring their previously purchased reusable bags to the store. Didn't take long, however, until shoppers started airing their grievances to local media that the reusable bags were stacking up in their homes due to repeatedly purchasing reusable bags at the grocery store or due to home grocery delivery services using new reusable bags at each drop-off. I've got a quote for you here. Instead of having the intended beneficial impact on the environment, the reusable bag ban has actually backfired, data reported in the study shows. Plastic consumption in the state has nearly tripled with New Jerseyans previously consuming 53 million pounds of plastic before the ban, compared to 151 million pounds following the ban. FCR researchers reported. I could go on and on about this, um, but, you know, unintended consequences or unconsidered consequences. You know, it's the same thing in Vermont and in several other states now. It's illegal, illegal for a grocery store to offer you a single-use plastic bag. They don't want you to have any bags at all because having a bag means that you are wasteful and you don't care about the environment. So Vermont makes sure that you are slightly financially and socially punished, even for asking for a paper bag because each one of them is 10 cents. And of course, contributing to new normal the very day, the very day I was there, I'm a grocery shopper, that these bags were illegal. Grocery store clerks immediately, every single one of them at every place I went to, stopped offering any bags at all and would point to the paper bags and let you bag yourself. It was all of a sudden not their job. <laughs> Another unconsidered consequence. I don't know. Maybe they want that too. Should feel bad for consuming at all. Wasteful capitalist pig. I want to talk about young women in the workplace. <laughs> I saw this on Twitter. Uh, this is a picture here of a young woman, she, she, anywhere from 20 to 25, making a, a rage-filled frustration face at the camera. And the caption she gave herself is, what it feels like to be a 22-year-old girl dealing with 40 to 50-year-old old men in corporate America. Well, little girl, 
We hate you more and we're competent. So fuck off. I am getting really tired of young women in workplaces all over the place. I don't like saying this, honestly. I really don't. I know. Well, I know that anybody who doesn't have any of the history of this show, know my views, is going to see this out of context and call me a misogynist. Um, it feels to me like you cannot get away from nattering, scolding, censorious, preschool teacher type young women everywhere, bossing you around, telling you what to do, running everything. I went to Starbucks, mistake number one, on the way into the show today. Starbucks on Williston Road in South Burlington needed a coffee. <laughs> now I think I don't need it. And I go in there and it's, of course, six or seven young white women, all college age students, metal all over their faces, hair of every different unnatural rainbow shade, you know, wearing very expensive hippie couture, of course, and just nattering. It drains my soul every time I have to come in and I see that the cold brew wasn't made and it's just... And of course, there's the one fey young man in there who's obviously gay, who's nattering along right with them. So basically, it was eight women, not seven. And... <laughs> You know what, honey? It kills my soul to have to listen to you. <laughs> so we're in the same boat. Want to grab a coffee? But I noticed this. I've talked about this before. Businesses commanding and directing customers, telling customers how they will behave. I'm really sick of this. So there's a great big handwritten chalkboard in the entryway that you see when you walk in. Yeah, we got a picture on your screen. I won't read all of it to you, I'll read some of it. And brace yourselves, you're gonna get some of the voice. Our third place commitment. A safe and welcoming place is a shared community responsibility consistent with our mission and values. We expect everyone in our third place community to treat others with respect and dignity, free of bias and discrimination. Behaviors that make anyone feel unwelcome or unsafe have no place in our store premises. We trust our baristas to address disruptive behaviors appropriately guided by our existing policies and training when in our stores. And don't, don't even act like I'm exaggerating. You know they, they all talk like this. And if I just read that to you straight with no affectation, it wouldn't have been honest. <laughs> I want to give you the real experience. Uh, and so there's this whole list of, 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 of what you are and are not to do in Starbucks. Do you, the preschool, the, the preschool teacher tone, the preschool instructional tone is, oh God, it's offensive. Use spaces as in, I mean, some of this is reasonable, right? No sleeping, smoking, consuming alcohol, drug use, perfectly reasonable, right? But then, no improper use of restrooms. 
I'll let you ask the question and answer it for yourself. Um, be considerate of our partners and other customers. Part, who are your part? Are you talking about the staff? Are you talking about the staff? Partners? Are you in a polycule? Well, it looked like it. I mean, they looked like they all slept in a pig pile with each other and then swapped uh, uniforms, which are pajamas. But the part that really got me was the last one here. Put it up on the screen. Anyone not contributing to a safe and welcoming environment will be asked to change their behavior. Anyone not changing their behavior may be asked to leave the store with possible insistence from law enforcement. Oh, I thought you hated men. Hope they send a lady cop. <laughs> <laughs> what could these people be doing? What could these people possibly see as inappropriate behavior? They live lives in which no behavior is inappropriate. <laughs> All right. One more funny and we're out for the week, folks. And I, I this this is cheap and I do not apologize. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> I saw this headline. <laughs> it's a reaction to um, to Nikki Haley, the presidential candidate after she lost at the New Hampshire primary. Reed Hoffman pulls out of Nikki Haley after New Hampshire pounding. <laughs> That's disaffected. That's the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week. <laughs>